Welcome back to the conversations where we discover again and again where there's a will, there's a way, and where we learn how entrepreneurs around the world are creating a great life for everyone in the company. Well, welcome to Where There's a Will, There is a Way, and we have some people on today who are going to talk about how to help law firms become the best that they can be and how to get what those law firm partners, how to help them get what they want from their law firm. And we've got a very experienced integrator of EOS, been working for 14 years uh, with uh, Mike Mike Morse Law Firm in Detroit. Uh, John Knockhazel is the is the integrator for Mike Morse Law Firm, and 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 uh, Mike was working with Gino Wickman right at the beginning of Gino's uh, Gino's coming out party when he was putting EOS out into the world. So, John, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So, so tell me, uh, t- tell me, John, what what was what was it like? to ride this EOS horse for uh, 14 years. What kinds of things did you see going on in the law firm? So it was wild. Uh, I came in, I'm not a lawyer. And so I came in from the outside. It's actually Gino that created my job. He created the need for it by teaching Mike, our visionary founder, that he needed an integrator. And once Mike acquiesced and agreed to move forward with finding an integrator, he hired me and I came in from the outside and I was employee number 28. And there was a thriving law firm in many respects, lots of cases to work on, uh, quite a few people, uh, huge energy, uh, but it wasn't always controlled in the most effective way. And it felt out of control and a bit chaotic. And so I was brought in to help instill structure and order and metrics and calm and cohesiveness and lay the foundation for scalability. And it was those principles that Gino teaches through EOS that I was responsible for making them come to life in the law firm and and lay that foundation, put in the infrastructure so that we could support the growth. And we ended up growing tenfold in 10 years And it was just, it's been tremendously fun every step of the way. I I almost said past tense, but it's still fun today. So so what is it that that law firms can learn? How can they change? What sort of issues do they have that that they they can solve? The first one, it, it sounds a little bit crazy, but it's just an awakening. It's it's uh, recognizing that they didn't go to business school and they went to law school and they simply have no training. And many of them were late to the game in realizing that they actually own a business and they're running a business. And it's it's just giving it its just due and acknowledging what it is. They may not be manufacturing widgets, but they're a professional services company, and they are providing, they're providing services uh, for consumers or whoever their end client happens to be. So it's really just, it's an awakening, and it's a changing of the mindset that I'm not merely a lawyer, but I'm a lawyer, and additionally, I have this equally important responsibility of being a CEO and running a business. 
so so what are what are some of the uh, particular things about a law firm? I mean, generally, it's made up of uh, of, of partners, right, who have an ownership in the firm. So how do you reconcile that with the EOS system having having a leadership team, having an integrator? Sure. So for me, uh, we've I've been very very blessed. Uh, I've worked with Gino for the entire fourteen years that I've been with the firm. He's still our coach to this day. Uh, love Gino. I consider him a personal friend. I know he feels the same. So um, we're very blessed. But he was very good at teaching us that many people will wear multiple hats. So if you're an owner, that's fantastic. And you can have, you sit in the owner's box and you can have your owner meetings and talk about owner things. But make no mistake that when you are in the business, you are, and you're wearing that hat, you and sitting in that seat, that you're not the owner. You are an employee and that is completely separate and distinct from the other. And for me, I, I'm not an owner. I'm forbidden from being an owner. I'm, I'm a, a non-attorney. And in the state of Michigan, only attorneys can be owners of law firms. So, but that, that still, I had two, I filled two different seats. I was the CFO and the COO when I first joined. So I, I had to always acknowledge which seat I was sitting in at that time when I was performing my duties. So, so that uh, um, now, you and you and Mike have written a book, right? We did. Yeah, we wrote a book, and uh, we're honored. It's called Fireproof, and it. We're very blessed that the foreword was actually written by Gino Wickman himself. Uh, so we really were honored by that, and we we tell the story, the the real life story, uh, and in many ways, it's. Uh, an EOS journey. There's there's other elements to the story as well, to be sure, but it is it shows how a law firm went from out of control and kind of bursting to scalable and under control with all the right people in all the right seats, with all the numbers dialed in, with all the processes simplemented, simplified, documented, being followed by all. It showed how you can take the chaos and instill an infrastructure and scale it and get all the right people in all the right seats. And what a wonderful thing it is when, when that can be accomplished. Now, so how large is, is Mike's firm right now? So it depends how you want to measure it. But we started, I was employee 28. We now have 173 team members. Uh, we were doing $17 million a year in settlements and disbursements when I started. And uh, we're over 160 million these days and we'll be zooming past uh, 200 million in, in, uh, in the near future. Well, that's tremendous growth. How many attorneys do you have? We have 44 attorneys today. And now, how, how are the attorneys managed in the firm? So the we have attorneys in multiple roles. So in a, in a law firm, our sales activity is typically referred to as intake. So the marketing machine generates the interest and teaches the public about uh, maybe 
wanting to do business with us. So they're they're responsible for taking the general public and turning them into suspects and then uh, suspects turned into prospects. Once it becomes a prospect, then they'll talk to an intake attorney. They may talk to an intake paralegal at first, but eventually they're going to end up talking to an intake attorney who will ultimately determine whether or not we want the case. We take everything on a contingency basis. So they may talk to an attorney there. Uh, and then if someone's a client, they will talk to an attorney during their pre-litigation phase, which means we haven't filed a lawsuit yet, but we're preparing the case for a lawsuit and trying to settle it without the expense and time required of a lawsuit. If needed, we will file a lawsuit. And we have most of our attorneys reside on our litigation team. Okay. Now, what, many times when I have been in social, social events with attorneys, I've been very aware that they are, they're actually working all the time. Now, is that true for, for attorneys who are working in, in your firm? The vast majority um, of attorneys that I encounter, uh, it seems like it is perpetual energy. And I think that's part of why did you go to law school? That It's hard. It requires effort. And you have to have a certain tenacity and, and ambition and drive. So to some degree, it's always going to be that way. But for ours, we have attorneys that come in all shapes and sizes. And for me, if you're an attorney, that means you went to law school. It doesn't mean that you know how to manage people. You might, you might not. You might be a good salesperson, um, or maybe not. You might be an incredibly skilled, technical, detail-oriented writer, or not. You might be very empathetic and personally appealing to a jury or a client. So uh, uh, to me, a lawyer just means that you went to law school, and it's impossible to narrowly define someone and label them by merely knowing that they're an attorney. They are, they could be literally anything. Well, now, have you found that it was uh, advantageous for you as the, as the integrator, uh, could be called the COO? Did you find that it's advantageous that you aren't a, a lawyer? I made it an advantage. At first, it was you know, you're not a lawyer. And I knew there would be an obstacle coming into it. I was not naive. And it was, how can you come in? You're not even a lawyer. And you're going to tell me how to do my job. And so I did not come in guns blazing. I came in with a very much a softer approach of I'm here to help you. Uh, I, I'm not a threat to you. I can't do what you do. You have certain skills and you're awesome, and I will never have those skills. I don't aspire to have those skills. But perhaps I have something from my background and my experiences, my education, that I've learned that I could share with you. Would you be interested in learning those things? Yes. And when they, once I was able to get them to see that I was genuinely there to help make them better, then... Then they opened up to me and trusted me, and now I really see it as much more of an advantage because I'm not threatening and I'm merely complimenting 
their skills and filling in their their holes and their voids and showing them a perspective that they would otherwise be blind to. So do you think that it would be possible for an attorney in a firm to be the integrator or do they have to have somebody who is not an attorney? I think it's completely and utterly possible to be a lawyer who could be the integrator. I think it's unusual. um, And in some ways, it's an advantage. Um, But I would say it's extremely secondary. It is not uh, it, it, it is not let's take our our best attorney and say, let's promote you to being the manager of all the attorneys because you are the best attorney, you must be a great manager. Well, whoa, 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 those are completely different skills. And then let's take someone who's a great attorney manager and say, abracadabra, you're now very knowledgeable on all things accounting, IT, HR, marketing, et cetera, and you know how to lead the orchestra and make sure that all the trains are running on time and everything is happening in sync and you have, you're building a good culture, that may or may not have anything to do with the skills that you've acquired in your prior position. So I would say, I would say find the right person. And then if they're a lawyer, I don't know, it's a little bit interesting, but it's not very compelling one way or the other. I wouldn't I personally wouldn't hold it against a person, and I wouldn't say that's an extra check mark in their favor. Uh huh. All right. So, so talk to me about how how EOS has allowed you to live what what we call the EOS life, this ideal life where you're doing what you love doing, uh, you're doing it with people that you love, you you know that you're making a, a, a great contribution, making the world a better place. You're getting compensated appropriately, and you, and you have plenty of time left over for your other passions. So it's interesting that that was, it really happened, I would say, in two phases. One was when Mike turned control of the firm over to me and really allowed me in and gave me some autonomy and some authority, that allowed him to have a more peaceful existence. And I absorbed all of the chaos. And that allowed him to have a fabulous personal life and to uh, make it rain. He, he was able to go out and drum up even more new business with his free time and energy. He was able to be the visionary that he was born to be. So that worked for him. Then how did it affect me in an unexpected way, what ended up happening was we were 10 years in to working together, and I turned in the budget for the year. I had forecasted out the revenue and had the budget all set. So my busiest times of the year are ending the year and planning the year. And so it was the end of January. I met with Michael and said, okay, here's what's going to happen this year. Showed him the plan. And Uh, And now I'm about to enter my boring period. So I I know that I now have all the right people in all the right seats. I have all the numbers dialed in. Honestly, it's gotten kind of easy. 
I'm a little bit bored. So even though we had grown it tenfold, it was actually infinitely easier and less chaotic. And so then I said, I need a project. So if you want to buy a company or if you want to do something fun, let me know. I'm kind of I'm kind of looking for something. And so he came to back back to me two months later and he said, I've got it. We're going to write a book. And I said, <laughs> oh, really? So it was never on my bucket list of things to do. Uh, and then so we wrote a book. We told our story and eventually a publisher said, OK, why are you writing this book? And we both looked at each other like, I don't know. We didn't really ever discuss that. <laughs> and we just started writing this book. And it, and then what it became all about was just trying to pass on the lessons that we learned. We're both teachers at heart. I was a basketball coach for 22 years, a volunteer coach always. And we just like teaching. And how stupid would it be if we had made mistakes, learned lessons, and not paid it forward and not shared it? So we tried to write it all down in our book, Fireproof, and shared our story and in hopes that others would read it and avoid the struggles. They'll have to have some struggles, but hopefully they can make it through faster and it won't take them 10 years to accomplish what it took us. So that was the whole impetus there. Then we, have, we had uh, a little bit of an outpouring of where people would read the book and then uh, ask us to coach. And we were like, I, we're not coaches. Well, yeah, you are. And so now we, 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 we have some friends and we, we try to do a bit of, uh, bit of coaching and we're in some masterminds now uh-huh. with other law firms across the nation. One of them, it's amazing. There's everyone in the, in the mastermind has settled at least a billion dollars or more in firm history. So <laughs> we, I don't think we would have been on the radar without the book. So <laughs> without EOS having freed us up, we probably would never have gotten this type of exposure and we never would have gotten access to all the best practices of all the best firms across the nation uh-huh. And then it just the circle of life just keeps repeating. Right. And then there's even more to share. Well, that that book, I have read it several times and I've given it out to a number of people. And and it's so good that that what I can tell people, if they will simply email me at will.christ at EOS Worldwide, I will send them a free copy of Fireproof and, and let them see how they can make their business better, their law firm better and also improve the quality of their life. So those are important things to do. Now, uh, are you working over 40 hours a week? I am, but it's a choice. I, uh-huh. I, uh, I'm i just a, a driven person. Um, I enjoy it. And, and first, I just have to pause and just say, thank you so much for your support of our book. That was That was just a really kind gesture you just made, and I just want to acknowledge that. Thank you. So, so nope, yep, no problem. I, I feel like I've always, as far as how much I work, I've always done one and a half jobs. So for 22 years, I was a basketball coach. Uh-huh. Uh, before before that, I was in grad school at night, and now I'm an empty nester. I have four kids, uh, but they're all <laughs> off at college or beyond, and I have acquired this this knowledge and skills and. 
I have outlets for them because we have bright, shiny objects that find us <laughs> faster than at any other point in my career. And I want to do all of them. Gino won't let us do all of them, but I want to do all of them. And so I, I, I do work because it's really fun, but it's an active choice that I make. And if I loved golf, then maybe I'd go golf. Uh-huh. Um, I do. I do like boating and we have a place on a great lake, Lake Huron, and I, I enjoy spending time up there. But uh, uh, before my grandkids show up, I'm going to enjoy this time of my career where I can just go for it professionally. Uh-huh. Excellent. Well, that's excellent. That's a lot of fun. And, and it's now, how about the rest of the, uh, you said you had about 140 people in the organization? About 173. Oh, today. my goodness. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, are they all living the EOS life, their ideal life? Oh, I think so. And we, we really, I think when we talk to other firms, even, that's one of the things that I often highlight is they'll say, well, you know, why why are you guys successful or why are you structured in such and such way? And one of the things that I think that we've done an especially good job of is putting people in their sweet spot. And if, if someone is supposed to be good at eight things to do their job, and truth be told, they're terrible at six of them, and they're truly outstanding at two of them, I don't see them as a failure. What I see is, oh my gosh, you can do two things really well. And then can we make use of that? Can we build the puzzle? Can we allow you to do these two things that you're awesome at? and you love doing and let you do it all the time, if we can do that, then fantastic. Uh, we've got something where the employee is thrilled, we're thrilled, and it's mm-hmm. a win. Mm-hmm. And so we are, we're, we're delighted to celebrate the differences. And we don't get mad at people <laughs> for, for refusing to be a zebra. Instead, we say, you're a fantastic leopard, and I'm so happy about that. And uh, we really celebrate and find those things that they can contribute. And we have them really focus on their strengths. And and we really don't spend a whole lot of time developing someone's weaknesses. We acknowledge the weaknesses are there. If we can improve them over time, that's fantastic. But we're about discovering what are your strengths, what are your natural, inherent, God-given abilities and the things that you love. And mm-hmm. let's try to set it up so that you can do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Uh, so what would you say to law firms who were, who were wondering, uh, what is all this EOS stuff about? And uh, how, how, can we, how can we grow without, uh, without just becoming totally chaotic? Well, that's the only way you will grow is chaotically. And then you'll hit a ceiling. You'll hit a cap. You'll burn out. And that's literally, and you'll you'll see it. The, any any of your uh, listeners will see this in the in the book that that's what happened with Michael. Is he he burnt out? He had hit a ceiling because the chaos can only take you so far, and that it's you know it's I don't have time to incorporate the principles that EOS teaches. Uh, no, you. <laughs> that's that's the way you get time is uh-huh. by incorporating those principles. That's the way that you gain control. You have the meetings so that you save time. They don't cost you time if they're done properly. And I I don't 
you, well, you get it. But but that's what I would say is that uh, it's actually a very freeing thing, and it's not a stifling thing to have that structure and, and that discipline. It's that structure and discipline that allows you to unlock your creativity and allows you to be on offense delivering punches to the opposition uh, that a law firm inevitably has uh, rather than it gets in the way of the work. It, it frees you up uh, to uh-huh. be at your best. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Well, John, this has just been wonderful. I really do appreciate you taking time out of uh, you know what I know is just a, a very busy time for you. And and helping helping to to express to law firms who are going to hit that inevitable that inevitable ceiling at some point, and to help them uh, find an alternative to just getting burnt out, missing a lot of those other great things like family and uh, uh, baseball games and basketball games and other things that they're so important for their family because because they just don't have the structure in their law firm to allow them to do that. And I feel blessed. I I not only made it to every one of my kids' games, but I was coaching them. I gave the pregame talk, the postgame talk. I led their practices. <laughs> I couldn't have been a more involved father and yet still had the structure and fun of being part of a a. a a journey of a law firm that was going through truly explosive growth. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, that's just another example of how, when there's a will, there is a way to get beyond that limitation that's going to be there for so many law firms and so many companies where they they just can't break through or they're just surrounded by chaos that comes with growth and they don't know where to turn. So thanks for the time, John. I really do appreciate it. It was truly my pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. You have been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Way with Will Christ. If anything resonated with you, you can find tools to help you and your leadership team create a great life for everyone in your company at willchrist.com. Come and join the conversation at willchrist.com.